The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the 69th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIRsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in just a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. My highlight of the week is the closing and aftermath of the Olympics, wrapping up a spectacular two weeks in London. Uh, my highlights were, my highlights within the overall highlight were, uh, First of all, the men's basketball team winning the gold. Uh, watched that last Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, and it was absolutely uh, must-see TV. Uh, Spain gave the U.S. all they could handle. Figured they might, and they did. And it was just a terrific, terrific game. Uh, watched every second of it, and then... It was just amazing to see uh, the sheer exuberance, genuine joy of these NBA superstars uh, winning the gold and how happy they were. Uh, you, you can't fake that stuff, and that was definitely real. And seeing uh, Coach Mike Krzyzewski in his last game as the coach of the USA uh, team, meaning in international play, uh I've interviewed Coach K uh, exclusively one-on-one, so to watch him jump in the air uh, in the last minute there on the sidelines uh, was, again, as excited as I've ever seen him, and we've all been watching him uh, coach at Duke forever. So that, that was a real highlight, and... Uh, and that brings me to LeBron James, who is simply, you know, he's just taken it to the next level. He has broken through, simply put. And after watching him, obviously, uh, I was there in the Boston Garden the night he broke through in Game 6 with the 45-point performance, and I won't uh, ever forget it. Uh, he then, you know, went on from 
that launching point to win the NBA championship to uh, now win a gold medal and lead his team in winning a gold medal. And he is simply, uh, again, uh, in my mind, on the verge of becoming uh, either the next Michael Jordan or or better. Uh, I see uh, multiple championships ahead for LeBron. I just think he is... Uh, you know, already potentially sportsman of the year, uh, and on his way. That's it. He's broken through, and now I don't think there's any stopping him. So I can't wait to watch. Uh, other highlights. The women's, American women's gold medal winning basketball team, as well as gold medal winning soccer team. Both women's teams, fabulous. The Hoop team has now won, I think, 51 in a row, becoming the first team ever to win, team ever right to win five gold medals uh, in a row, which is just awesome. As all my listeners know, I cover the WNBA, specifically the Connecticut Sun, who play at Mohegan Sun. So I am very, very familiar with the WNBA, uh, which, of course, it's their players that comprise the team. They went on hiatus for the Olympic Games. The team delivered under coach Gino Ariyama with five, I believe, UConn women's players, uh, alumni. So Sue Bird was a star. And as my listeners know, Sue Bird, I interviewed her literally three less than a month ago uh, for this show. So they were awesome. The women's team, soccer team, again, equally impressive and uh you know, superstars from Hope Solo to Alex Morgan to uh, Megan Rapinoe. Uh, um, they're just, you know, a compelling team. And it was great to watch them as well. Uh, their highlights, Mexico beating Brazil for the soccer gold. That was awesome, to say the least. And, uh, you know, Brazil... And to me, I mean, the fact that Brazil lost has now never won an Olympic gold medal just sets it up beautifully for the 2014 World Cup in Rio de Janeiro, not to mention the 2016 Olympics in Rio. So needless to say that Brazilian soccer team is going to be uh, looking to uh, bring it home once they get home. Uh, another highlight, Ali Raisman, the, the gymnast from Needham, Massachusetts, about 15 minutes from where I'm standing at this moment. Uh, huge, huge, huge return home last night. It was great. Uh, yesterday, last evening, both at her gym, uh, about a half an hour away, and in her hometown. Great stuff. She, she really delivered. So we have a new sports hero in Boston. Usain Bolt, uh, in my mind, established himself as the most compelling athlete in the world with three golds. Uh, best news is he says he's going to Rio in 16. And also, speaking of 16, Missy Franklin uh, will be the big name coming in uh, for, as, for American athletes. And Lolo Jones, I think, will come in having the most to prove. Um, my low light of the week is... Basically having to live up here in Boston each day with what is the, what has become the national joke known as the Boston Red Sox. You know, I've ignored this laughable organization for most of the summer. 
Um, and basically since they collapsed last September, uh, took me, took a show me attitude and <laughs> trust me, they haven't shown me anything yet since, uh, they gave it up last September and the worst collapse in baseball history. The season has been nothing but a continuation of that, but it's still become so ridiculous up here now that you can't even avoid the train wreck playing out, which is why I finally said, well, I guess I should mention it, uh, you know, you, you literally can't give the tickets away up here in, in Boston. And, uh, you know, just thank God for the Patriots. And before we know it, the Celtics and the Bruins, as the Red Sox, uh, have just faded into complete irrelevance. Uh, or, or well, they're heading in that direction now after this, you know, uh, day, daily, what seems almost like hourly controversies, you, you know, disappear, which they will. This is just sort of the what I consider like the peak week of it, um, but it's just nonstop, and you know, again, they're just going to fade into irrelevance as we uh, more relevant than they already are as we move along here. My bizarre story of the week is Chad Johnson, formerly Ocho Cinco, having simply the worst week ever. It started last week uh, when what turned to be turned out to be the only pass that will ever be thrown his way as a Miami Dolphin uh, went right through his hands, and it just reminded me of you know it told me once and for all he can't play anymore because I watched this movie last year right here in Foxborough when he couldn't catch passes from Tom Brady, which uh, when you can't do that you got real issues. And, uh, so after that, he then said on Hard Knocks, uh, which has been must-see TV, obviously, for the first two weeks, uh, he actually said to the security guard he would be arrested. It was in last week's Hard Knocks, meaning the uh, series opener. And then, uh, and he was, um, he had butted his wife, as we all now know. Uh, the wife files for divorce and says, you know, Ocho Chad needs help. Their reality show is canceled. Joe Philbin cuts him, and boy, that was must-see TV. I mean, that, that was just great stuff. I mean, I just found it, uh, you know, that interesting in that, you know, the first words out of Chad's mouth were, you know, he's never been in trouble, and that's true. Um, but... Uh, you know, and Philbin, you know, handled it very gently, shall we say, um, which was commendable. And then it just ended with uh, the, the worst week ever for Chad Johnson, ended with uh, his sponsor company uh, dropping him yesterday. So I don't think we're going to see him in the NFL anymore, not because of his uh, off-field issues, shall we say. Uh, he can't play anymore, and that's it. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills. Let's take our break. And next up will be my weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. Barry, how you doing today? I am excellent, John. How are you? Thanks for having Good. me, always. Thanks for calling in, as always. You're sounding loud and clear, and... Uh, been an interesting week in sports, and one of the more interesting things to me was I happened to be watching ESPN, as I often do, no surprise there, when they cut in at the end of PTI to the ninth inning of Felix Hernandez's perfect game, and it was fun, interesting to me in that it was great, compelling television, great to be able to just, again, you, you know, Join the show already in progress, as as they say, for the best part. And uh, and you know, I I had been watching the night of Matt Kane uh, from San Francisco Giants. Uh, watching again, exact same deal. They cut in the ninth inning. I get to join in. That was more like the seventh or eighth inning, actually. That great stuff as well. Anyway, and as we all know, Philip Humber, I believe it is from the White Sox, also had a perfect game. Most perfect games in one season in. Major League Baseball history. So yeah, I, um, yeah. I, I wanted to get your take on that. I mean, again, it, it's great to be sitting there, and all of a sudden this pops on the screen, that's for sure. Yeah, and then don't, don't forget to do uh, Santana's no-hitter, first in the ever, ever the history of the Mets, which happened this year, too. Um, as yeah. well as, I don't mean to interrupt you, but as well as, I believe, the Mariners themselves, I know this, they, they also had a no-hitter worth six different pitchers, which is just weird. Yeah. yeah so, that's, that's, with, all, with all that said, what's your what's your take on 
what's happening with uh, pitching in Major League Baseball this year and no hitters in perfect games. Well, yeah, I don't know if there's a real correlation. I mean, I think it's just one of those things that, you know, if the guy's on a, a particular night, you know, and and uh, the, the stars are aligned and, and he's got everything working for him, you, you, you've got the, the potential to do something like that. And, you know, I guess, you know, like you mentioned before, you know, it's kind of neat when, you know, with the technology we have today, uh, you're, you, you pretty much, you know, get, get caught up with everything in that last, in that last inning. You know, I think you might, you know, lose a little bit of the drama of the, that, that, that starts to build, like say, from the fifth, sixth inning when you, you kind of sense that something's starting to happen and it starts to build, starts to build, starts to build. Uh, you know, you don't get that when you just jump into the ninth thing, but you know, you, you get to see the best part, certainly. You know, it's kind of like, you know, that was always the always the old rap against the NBA, right? I mean, all you got to do is watch the last last <laughs> minutes of the game. So, right. yeah, so, good yeah, analogy. You, yeah, so you, I mean, you, you do get to see, you know, you know, essentially the best part. But you know, like you said, you know, you, you don't really. It's almost like cheating the way because you don't really put the work in, and don't you, and you don't get that sense of drama that builds up, you know, for, for those later innings. But uh, but yeah, anytime you, you get a chance to see something like that, it, it's terrific. I mean, I, I had the opportunity. Uh, years back, to actually, uh, cover a no hitter, which was, which was a great thrill. Um, wow. yeah, I covered, uh, Jim Abbott's no hitter uh, for the Yankees back in, oh gosh, whatever year, I don't even remember what year it was, it was, uh, early 90s. Uh, um, that's great. I was the wow. Back, I, I was the, uh, I was the backup baseball writer for, at, at the time, the New York Star Ledger, and, uh, I was filling in, it was a Sunday afternoon, it was like a getaway day, and our beat, the day, regular beat writers, uh, Don Burke was taking the day off, so, I filled in, and uh, I was fortunate enough to see Jim Abbott no hit the Cleveland Indians uh, at, at the old Yankee Stadium, and that was that was a real thrill. So, um, yeah, and, and it's fun, and, and like I said, you you get to see that that drama building up. And, you know, you know, you you, for, you know, you look at the you know, oh yeah, you got through the first three innings, okay, first four innings, all right, and then you know, I think when you get through like four or five, you really like, you really start thinking about it, and then once you get through the six. Then that's when they that's when they put out the uh, the advisories, right? You know, over over AP or over you know you you, know, you get to stay in these days. You know, when you get, uh, when you can get box scores on your phone, uh, you know, you're pretty much aware of everything that's going on. And then it's seven eight. Says okay, here we go. We may, we may see this tonight. And then uh, and then you watch the night. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of the most exciting things I think in baseball. It's always a thrill, and, and the perfect game is even more icing on the cake. So that's uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's always a fun thing to see a no hitter or a perfect game. It's uh, it's something you always remember. Well, it really is, and you know, it was just uh, I, I, again, just I don't want to ever say I would take something like a perfect game uh, for granted, but it's now the twenty third one, and again, having literally, you know, watched the Matt Cain one a couple months ago, I was just slightly less excited in that, uh, you know, I literally just witnessed it just a, a couple months earlier uh, when I saw Matt came from the Giants throw his. Uh, but again, it was just, you know, great to see, number one, the Mariners. They're not going anywhere to see how into it the crowd was, especially, I guess, some, like, group dressed in, like, gold shirts that are, like, the K-Club, for lack of a better word, Felix, you know, King Felix fans, just going absolutely crazy, you know, and it was, it was an afternoon game. That was part of the charm of this. It was an afternoon game. So I'm sitting there, 
at, you know, 6 p.m., literally, 5, 10 minutes till 6, right at the end of PTI when they cut in. So, it, you know, it just made for great early evening television. Be, beat the local news, shall we say. Oh, yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and Yeah, and I think, I think the, the cool thing about uh, no-hitter or perfect games like is you never know what it's going to happen, right? I mean, it's not like right, things it. projected. It's, it's not on the schedule, you know, like oh, tonight at 8, perfect game in Seattle. You know, it doesn't work that way. It's not like TV. I mean, it's like a regular TV show. And you know, someone told me, an old colleague of mine said a long time ago, and it's true, the, 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 one of the coolest things about baseball, when you go to a baseball game or you watch a baseball game on TV, there's a possibility you may see something you've never seen before. And, and think about it. I mean, how true yep. that is, you know, where there's, there's such, you may see a bizarre play or you might see some sort of catch or, a, you know, like, like, the, like the catch that uh, Rajay Davis pulled off against the Yankees last week. I mean, that was truly a yeah. climbing the wall, left field, you know, seemingly jumping like 30 feet in the air. I mean, it wasn't 30 feet, but you know what I mean. But It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. So something like that, or you might see a triple play or you might see just some bizarre uh, sequence. It, it's just, you know, that, it, that's just the nature of baseball, right? I mean, you just might see something you've never seen before. And I've always thought about that and, and, and how true it is when you, when you wind up, you've seen, you know, some, seeing some, some unexplainable play that, 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 you know, you really have a hard time grasping at the time or a perfect game or a no hitter. So yeah, it really is true. So I, I think that's, you know, baseball has taken a lot of heat in the past few years for, you know, for, uh, you know, first for, for the PEDs and steroids and then, you know, not really being uh, approachable for a young audience, you know, starting games too late, uh, you know, uh, having a generation of young people, you know, maybe not watching baseball because, you know, the world, you know, not watching World Series games because the games don't start, you know, until like, you know, nine at night. Uh, you know, baseball's taken a lot of hits over the few years, last few years. You know, uh, you know it's, not, it's not nearly as sexy as the NFL, which is clearly taking over the spot of the top sport in this country. Um, you know, certainly the NBA has made some roads and the NHL too, to an extent. So, you know, they, uh, the point is baseball take a lot of heat, but I think baseball over any other, any other major sports, you have that potential for seeing something you may have never seen before. So that's, that's, that's one thing that baseball has, I think, over the other sports. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's, it's quirky. And yeah. I myself, you know, have seen been the baseball games where you just see stuff that you know kind of defies logic or again perfectly said you've never seen before and one thing i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say i don't think we've seen before is the all-star game mvp get suspended <laughs> milky cabrera uh about a month whatever uh, within a month of being named the All-Star Game MVP, uh, weird story, you know, I, I, I'm watching the All-Star Game and all of a sudden it's like, you know, Melky Cabrera strolls up and they're all talking about, like, frankly, just the amazing year he's having, which I truly wasn't really on top of, so it was, I, I was like, what? Because I've watched him again with the Yankees for whatever, six, eight years. Right. Average at best, nothing more. And obviously the Yankees, you know, he, he didn't stick with the Yankees. The other weird part to this story is uh, ironic, whatever. But again, not a coincidence in my mind, you know. You need 502 at-bats to qualify for the batting title. He was currently leading the league in hitting, and he literally got suspended with 501 at-bats. That is bizarre. Not a coincidence, I've got to thank the league. I mean, 
to have again, you, you know, to have your All Star MVP, where you know it's all happy and trophy presentations, and you know it's a take home from the entire year. It's one of those moments, and then to have him suspended a month or so later, pretty pretty crazy. Not to mention, you know, just the ongoing. PED steroid thing, it just won't go away. It could be Ryan Braun. I mean, there aren't as many as there used to be. But the ones they've had, again, last year's MVP, Ryan Braun. Now, the All-Star Game MVP, the ones that are occurring are very, very high profile. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. You know, and, and, you know, Melky Cabrera has been kind of one of those guys that just sort of almost came out of nowhere. I right. guess you could say, I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've you know, I've, you know, being a, being a New York guy, I've seen plenty of Milky Cabrera. You know, right. quite frankly, you know, you, you never really, you know, you didn't really think of him as being one of, he was never, you know, a star on the Yankees. He was just one of those extra guys. And then you don't right, really right. think about him. And then right. all of a sudden he's having this great year for the Giants. So you, know, you kind of, you know, I don't know that anybody suspected him of, 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 of PEDs or anything like that. I, I don't know that that was the case, but. You know, now that the story has come out, and, you know, for what it's worth, Brian Sabe, the GM of the Giants, came out today and said he was shocked, you know, at, at what happened, shocked to, to hear this. So, you know, so, you know, it, I, I think Sabe is the kind of guy, I mean, I think he's savvy enough, he's been around long enough, uh, you know, I don't think he would have come out and said something like that if he didn't truly feel that way. You know, I, I think, I think the guy like, I think Sabe kind of, you know, has that has that um, has that gravitas. You know, hasn't been in the league as long as he has. So, you know, so yeah, it was, it was. I think it surprised everybody. So, but, you know, let me just now, interject, not to interrupt again, but apparently there was a San Francisco Examiner reporter wrote some column this week that you know he had heard the whispers or whatever, and maybe had published a little something. So there was a little little something mm. floating around. It wasn't so. But I hadn't right. heard the Brian Sabian comments, so that's interesting to me because apparently this reporter like apologized or something bizarre about not not flushing it out further. Whatever, um, right. was, right. something the was is, out there. But the thing is, too, now now that we know that you know that he was you know uh, found to have done, done the PEDs, now you know, and, and um, invariably it's a fair or unfair. Un- invariably, we're going to look back on the season, that career season that Milky Cabrera is having, and say, ah, okay, well. That figures. That's why, you know. Oh, and you know, a lot of people will, you know, rightly or wrongly, that may be true, may not be true. But I, I, I think you know, that's the way. That's the way we we tend to look at this now. You know, having been been conditioned uh, as we've as we've been forced to become uh, conditioned to this sort of thing. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, that's just that's the way that's the way things go these days now. Well, here's the big difference, Barry. I mean, you know, and and maybe we we're all. St- change you know i when i'm listening like i described earlier watching the all-star game all of a sudden he shows up milky cabrera and he's like having these unbelievable this unbelievable season and then i'm watching and he's you know whatever had a triple whatever got the run scoring going he was clearly the mvp of that game there's no question and uh there was no point where i'm like sitting there connecting dots saying oh wow Here's this average player all of a sudden having this fabulous year and then, you know, fabulous game. And, you know, there was no part of me that thought, oh, gee, I wonder if he's on steroids. I thought it had been eradicated, so to speak, as much as humanly possible. And maybe it has been, but it's not 100%. 
but I wasn't sitting there thinking that, which is, but of course, would make all the MLB people very happy to know I'm not sitting there thinking that as I'm watching it. But right. from here on in, I, I, I'm not a cynical person, I don't think, but from here on in, I think I will be thinking that when there's aberrations like a Melky Cabrera career. Right, yeah, and, and, I, and, and you know, I, I, I think I kind of, maybe I'm probably more cynical than you, but uh, I, I think that, um, yeah, but I, I can't say that I looked at the, at the season he was having and, and thinking that, but, you know, there, there, you do have situations where guys have career seasons. I mean, they do. I mean, look at R.A. Dickey of the Mets. I mean, look at the season he's putting together. And, you know, he's a knuckleball pitcher, so we're going to accuse him of doing and he was he asked about that kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek way in a recent interview, and uh, someone asked him if his uh, if his knuckles were on PED, and he, he laughed. He said, "No, no, I've never done anything like that." You know, so yeah, but you know, people, but the, guys, great example. guys guys do have career seasons, and you know, and and you know, maybe, and and I think this is one of one of the big problems with with, with steroids and PEDs that you know the clean players are the ones that kind of suffer for it because. You know, if a clean player, you know, puts up a career season that he's never had before and it's kind of an outlier season, then, you know, we've become conditioned to maybe be a little suspicious, which is really unfair and it's unfortunate. But, you know, that's, that's the climate that has kind of been fomented by the whole, by the whole steroid era. So, you know, until it's completely out of the game, which who knows if it ever will be, I mean, you know, the, the, the the, the repercussions are very severe now for for for, hat, for you know for, for doing these types of things. But there's still going to there's still going to be guys that are going to try to get over. There's still going to be guys that are looking for an advantage, and it's, it's still going to be out there. But again, I think the guys that suffer the most for all of this are the clean players who you know who will somehow be you know just be scrutinized a little bit more than maybe they should be because of it. Oh, you're absolutely right. Great example with R.A. Dickey. And I guess, uh, you know, as we go to, go to break here, my last thought would be, um, obviously never thought of him either before or since the Milky Cabrera news of like a R.A. Dickey career year or what have you, been around a while. But I think it's probably because I've watched, you know, Tim Wakefield up close for so many years, literally going back to his pirate days where, you, you know, I just, with a knuckleballer, that can sort of come out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, he's, uh, has a career year. But with that said, it's time for our break. And, uh, Barry will be sticking around and joining me on the other side. So with that said, take our break. flagship station for sports voice america sports are you looking for the ultimate trail to hike maybe you're looking to do the ultimate backpacking adventure whether you're a day hiker or an all-out backpacker be sure to tune in to backpacking america's trails with host rob maureen we'll explore some of the most fascinating places on earth in addition, we'll talk about backpacking gear, including reviews, safety tips, and more. Our experts will share recipes, destinations, and skills to make backpacking the most enjoyable experience for you. Listen every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one until you stop by the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time Noon Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, brought to you by Whitetails Extreme. On this week's program, we'll have professional hunter Mark Kaiser, decoy maker Mark Renner. Hey, plus we'll have field judging guy Tony Grimmett and KOVE general manager, a great guy, well, Joe Kenny, when we talk about antelope hunting. And it's all brought to you by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And Barry, uh, at the beginning of the show, I touched on the woes of the Red Sox and would love to get your take on the Boston Red Sox. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. It's, you know, I, yesterday, you know, we the, the proverbial vote of confidence came out from uh, Larry Lucino, and I thought the, the interesting thing about that was he said that uh, Bobby Valentine's job was, was, was safe through the end of the season. So... <laughs> That's not exactly a, a major vote of confidence. I mean, seeing that we have what a month and a half left, um, yeah, I, I thought that was that was kind of interesting and kind of telling too. I mean, right, and he was signed to a two-year contract, by the way. And this right? is the end of year. Yeah. This is the end of year one. Right. Right. So. Yep. Yeah, and it, it's so. I mean, listen. I mean, we, we we've talked a lot on this program about you know. The Red Sox, they had to know what they're getting, right? I mean, you know, Bobby V is a, he's a, he's a unique guy. He's a, you know, uh, unique guy, strange guy, unusual guy. He does, he, he does unorthodox crazy things. And, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people, myself included, wasn't really sure how this was going to, this going to sell in Boston. Um, you know, especially in the wake of what happened last year. Um, you know, but, uh, it, it got off to a bad start. They got off to a slow start. Then all the uh, the controversy with Kevin Euclid, which wound up with him getting traded, a very unpopular move uh, with the Sox fans, and just they just have not gotten together yet. They've been banged up. Ortiz, you know, they lost their closer right when the season started. Ortiz has been banged up. Pedroia got hurt. It's been a rough year. It would have been a rough year for the Red Sox, no matter who was managing them. So, you know, the fact that you know you got Bobby V there too. Uh, you know, and, and all the other, you know, kind of, kind of circus atmosphere that went on involving him. I mean, there was the incident with, um, 
Uh, you know, there have been plenty of instances of Bobby Vitas. Some of the one that comes to mind uh, just recently, uh, you know, with the with with the Dan Shaughnessy video, he was getting ready to do his little uh, yeah. his shot from pregame, and Bobby right. just, all of a sudden appears in the background saying, "I'm not trying to get fired, folks. I'm not trying to get fired. It's all his fault." And you know, who does that? I mean, well, Bobby Valentine does that. So you know. Are we surprised that, that it's kind of come to this? No, not really. But I just think the extent of how much the wheels have come off have been a little surprising. And, and I think the Red Sox players really aren't looking very good here. Um, you know, the, you know this, this supposed closed-door meeting they had with, with ownership. Uh, and then they claimed, you know, they said they wanted, they wanted Bobby Valentine. They didn't want to play for him. And then they came out and said, well, no, we're, we, we didn't want him to get fired. I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of looking like last year with the, instead of chicken and be, fried chicken and beer, this year it's these clandestine behind closed doors, uh, uh, you know, kind of secret meetings with ownership and, you know, with Pedroia and Adrian Gonzalez. It just, just doesn't look very good for them. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's to me, they, they just come off like a like a bunch of whiners, and it's it, 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 it's unfortunate. But you know, again, as we've mentioned on the show so many times in the court, I always go back to the situation like this, and and and, and, and I use this a lot, right? If you if you win, winning solves everything. I mean, you have you have injuries, you could have you know guys not liking the manager. If you're winning, who cares? You know, if, I mean, I mean, look at the Bronx Zoo Yankees, okay? I mean, that may have been one of the most controversial teams of all time back in the 70s. I mean, all, all, the, all, the, all the problems they had, you know, Billy Martin and Richie Jackson getting into a, you know, only your fist fight in the dugout. You know, Thurman Munson hated that guy. Greg Nell hated this guy. Lou Pinella hated that guy. And they were, uh, they were as, as dysfunctional a group off the field as you could find. But on the field, they were great. And they won. So that, that solved a lot of problems. So the problem, the, the, the quote I always go back to is, is, is one of my favorite quotes from Doc Rivers. He, he always said, you know, if you win, you're a genius. If you lose, you're a moron. And basically that's what it comes down to. So, you know, you can have all the problems and all the clubhouse problems you want. You can have fights. You can have guys, guys hating each other. As long as you win, it's fine. That's all people care about is if you win. But once you start losing, then people start wanting to point fingers and blame. And I think that's the point we've gotten to with the Red Sox. And it's gotten really ugly, and it, and it may get uglier before it gets pretty again. So it's uh, it, that, that's just kind of the way it's unfolded. And it's unfortunate. It really is. Yes, but we have an up-close and personal ringside seat for all of this, ringside being an appropriate term, I'd say. And uh, isn't it amazing, Barry? Like you just said it moments ago, uh, you know, how ugly it's gotten. I mean, it's, it's, it's in the Hall of Fame of like literally team slash organization seemingly like falling apart. Dysfunctional is no longer a strong enough word to, to, to capture it. Uh, this last week, you know, you, you have national, it's the national story. That's why we're finally getting to it today after, frankly, I think we've done a pretty good job of ignoring a lot of the, what I thought was just a lot of silliness. But now you can't ignore it anymore. It's, it's a national story. It's being broken by national respected baseball writers, Buster Olney, ESPN, Jeff Passan, Yahoo Sports, many others. Um, and it's just... Again, it's as ugly a situation as I think I can remember, and I, I've been up in this crazy sports town for a few decades now. And, and uh, you know, ugly's one thing, 
but what also to me is pretty remarkable is is just how um, dislikable this team has become. More importantly, how they're just like tumbling down the radar screen to irrelevance. Uh, you know, they're easily, obviously behind the Patriots now. It's you know the distribution streak. I won't even use the word sellout streak. That's insulting. Distribution streak is insulting. It's a joke, and and it makes people up here mad. Uh, you know, and you know, before you know it, as I said at the beginning of the show, Bruins and Celtics will be back, and the Red Sox are by Thanksgiving going to be the number four team in this town, a town they've owned for a century. Uh, would you have ever imagined it, Barry? Uh, that's all. I, that's really the best way I can say it. No, it's uh, it, it, it's hard to fathom. It really is. It is. And, it's uh, hard to fathom. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and and as and as uh, and as the schedule makers would see it fit, guess who the Red Sox are playing this week? The Yankees and the Bronx. Correct. So you know, so I think you know. Listen, I mean, as far as as far as the baseball itself goes, you know, it's it, it's not even you know you talk about the juice for Yankees, Red Sox. There is none. I mean, not. From the on zero. the field, from the on the field perspective, there is zero. I mean, the Yankees clearly in first place, you know, cruising to to the AL East title more than likely. The Red Sox, you know, fighting to stay out of the cellar. But I think the big focus this week or this weekend, I should say, certainly today uh, in the Bronx is going to be Bobby Valentine, and I'm sure <laughs> that that's going to be our focus. You know, when I when I get to my office uh, at the when I get to my desk at the post tonight, I'm sure it's going to be. You know, uh, maybe uh, maybe Tim Tebow taking a backseat to Bobby Pierce for one day uh, in New York. So uh, that's kind of what I think that's what we're going to be dealing with this weekend. You know, the microscope of the New York media is going to be squarely uh, on Bobby Valentine and and, and this mess that, that that the Red Sox have become. That's a good point. Wow. Yeah, I, I think it's. Uh... That's a great point. I, I I got the feeling it, it might just peak this weekend. Uh, you know, I said again earlier in the show that I thought it was sort of at its peak. The crazy thing about this situation is, you know, there are more holes than the kid can plug in the dike, if you know what I mean. Yep. Just, they're, they're springing up literally by the hour, it feels like. Two or three stories a day. And, you know, you and I both know, you, you know, when you when, when you let the media loose on something like this, this is what happens, you know. <laughs> especially, especially in this, this, yeah, especially in the, bar, in the environment we live in now. I mean, you know, the, the, you, know you talk Meeting to people. Yeah, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, you were talking about the 24-hour news cycle. And it's like, right. you know what, it's, you can't even say that anymore. Now it's a 24-second news cycle with Twitter, with the Internet. I mean, there's stuff out there within moments after after happening now there is no there is no waiting anymore for stories there's no there's no downtime it's always something happens it's out there immediately so you're and and once and once and as you say once the dam breaks once the dike breaks that's it it's just it just snowballs and i think that's what we're seeing with the red sox now yeah we really are uh, again it's just uh you know almost at some kind of uh I don't know, never before seen level. And and I think it's rooted in the fact that, you know, you know it, I know it. The, the Red Sox are a New England institution. To say they're a part of the fabric of this region. And they are Absolutely. a regional team. They're not just a city team, a region. And, you know, and this is not breaking news, but, you know, it, you, you add it in and it just makes it all the more... Uh, 
unique, shall we say, uh, to see it all just like unraveling has been, particularly here in this last week, has been, again, really unlike anything I can remember right off the top of my head um, for, again, uh, an organization of this stature. Uh, less than five years ago, they won the World Series, uh, you know, and it's really been all downhill ever since then, to say the least. Straight downhill. <laughs> so let's, let's face it. There have been seasons that the Red Sox have been bad, you know, in the past. Oh, sure, but, sure, sure. Know, but, yeah, and then, then we go and then it goes in cycles. I mean, you know, there's, right. it happens. It happens to everybody. That's the natural. I think sports are very cyclical. I mean, you 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 you'll get a team that's good, good for a number of years, and then you know, and they kind of have their down phase, and it happens to every team and every sport. It's just, it's just the way it is. But you know, I but yes, I, I think. But I think, you know, being a long-time Red Sox observer, as you are, you would probably agree that, you know, as you just said, you know, yeah, there have been some bad seasons, but never to the point of this, this kind of ugliness, to this kind of just, 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 just dysfunction. Just, it just, it just doesn't seem to get, get better. It just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. And, you know, it's, it, 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 it's got to come a, a tipping point at some point. And, you know, I think we may be getting very close to that tipping point. And I guess that tipping point is going to be the day that they just decide, you know what, this, this Bobby V experiment just did not work. Let's cut our losses. And, and that's it. And, and you know what? And, and you know, I'm going to say something right here. Don't be surprised. And, and again, I have no basis of this. Just a hunch on my, my opinion. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if Terry Francona comes back to manage the Red Sox again. Wow. Just a thought. Just a wow. That's a bold, bold statement. Um, holy cow, but I like it. I, again, I think I, I need have, a, I have no, again, uh, again, I have no, you know, I have, you know, no way of right. knowing that. I don't have any inside information, nothing like that. It's just, just a feeling I have. Let's just put it that way. Nothing would shock me, uh, you know, to say the least. Uh, I like hunches, and I guess I'll just say, you know, I'm no expert on, you know, the stages of, you know, whatever, dissolution, for lack of a better word, not that they're going to disappear, but I think the next phase and the one that finally might get the attention is a completely, totally, uh, it could start as soon as Monday, it's, it's already sort of started, but apathy, and by that I mean a, a half-empty, we've seen the third empty, but I'm talking half-empty Fenway Park where you literally, really can't give the tickets away. Um, we're sort of at that point, but we get to September and they're com it's going to really, really uh, hit home once and for all for the ownership who, you know, to me, they just need to step up and say, hey, you know, we've got major issues here. We thought we made a few changes after the biggest collapse in baseball history last September. They didn't work. We took a Band-Aid to a wound, major wound, and it didn't work out, and now we're going to have to take, uh, you know, now we're going to have to go to, the sur go to surgery and completely disassemble this team and obviously, you know, make management changes as well, and, and that's it, and just do it. Um, with that said, uh, we need to take our final break here, and we'll uh, be back on the other side. Your 
internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line with us is Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And Barry, you rocked my world by suggesting that you had a hunch with that Terry Francona might be a good choice as the next Red Sox manager if Valentine resigns or is let go. Wow, that's quite a choice. Tell me more. Well, you know, again, like I said, yeah. It, it, it's not. It, I'm not trying to break news here. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not want to make it very clear. It's like I have no inside information about this. But listen, I mean, think. Let's think about it logically for a minute, okay? There's been precedents for this before. I mean, we mentioned the you know the Bronx Zoo years with uh, with Billy Martin and George Steinbrenner. I mean, how many times did did, did George hire and fire Billy officially? I think there was. <laughs> I think it was four times. Unofficially, right, it was probably right. more like fifty times. I mean, there were lots. There were. The, the, you know, you always heard stories in New York about how, you know, Billy got fired by George and then five minutes later, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, you know, and that happened a lot in those days. Right. I mean, it was, it was a crazy time. And listen, uh, Terry Francona still has a lot of friends in that Red Sox clubhouse, right? I mean, there was a situation the well, Mary, you're absolutely make such a good point. What I, what I find interesting, it had never, ever crossed my mind, needless to say. Um, but, you know, just putting my arms around it here, I think it would appease the fans, number one, which is at this point no small order, uh, given what we've described here today with the Red Sox. Uh, number two, more importantly, I haven't... I, I can't think of one other name out there that I've heard or that I can think of 
who could be a replacement for Bobby Valentine, i.e. the next Red Sox manager. There's, again, not one single name that I can think of or that I've heard anybody else propose as the potential successor. There seems to be a fixation on John Farrell, longtime pitching coach here with the Red Sox, but he is absolutely locked into Toronto Blue Jays manager, being their manager until the end of 2013, uh, I'm quite sure. So he ain't coming, and, and I know there's a fixation, so... Barry, I like it. Francona, that, that really, yeah, yeah, that and, really you know, as in, again, I mean, makes what, some sense. What, what's the harm, really? And like, as you just said, who else are you going to get? You know, who else are you going to bring in? And you know, that's it's just it. a guy that that's clearly, you know, has, the, the, the players still love him. And listen, the guy won two World Series there. He didn't become an idiot overnight. Okay, I mean, I just, I just think that it would be a good present. I think. It's something that should that should be considered. If the Red Sox are indeed going to part ways with Bobby Valentine, which as it appears, which appears that's where this is going, why not bring Terry Francona back? I mean, what's what? I, I just yeah, it just it would just seem to be a good fit for me. And you know, I don't know. I just it just it just to me it just makes sense. It's amazing. I hope uh, John Henry's listening, owner of the Red Sox. Uh, and what I like about it, Barry, is that. Uh, you know that he obviously harsh feelings between the ownership of the Red Sox and Francona when he left, and it was heightened when he said he wasn't going to come for the hundredth anniversary. He did of Fenway Park, and so whatever caused him to do that, you, you know, and he said his stated reason was that he was. Uh, doing it for the fans who had treated him so well uh, by showing up, given he had won two world titles, broken the curse, all that. But uh, So, yeah, uh, the how, you know, how ill is that will between Francona and, uh, you know, the Red Sox owners? That's the key. I, I, I don't know if it's repaired, but, uh, you know... That that aside, it would be interesting. Again, it might be the one single thing that uh, they could do to uh, literally, you know, number one, get the best guy in there. Number two, appease, appease the fan base, which is now just uh, in practically full revolution mode. So, yeah, Barry, uh, again, I love it. It never crossed and my mind. Why, yeah, and you know what? Why wait? I mean, let's, maybe maybe we can lobby uh, ESPN and the Red Sox to make sure trade Francona for Valentine. Let's do it. I like let's it. get it done. Right? I like it. Well, I hope some people are listening, Barry. Again, I, I've never <laughs> heard this mentioned anywhere. Uh, I never thought, never even crossed my mind, to put it mildly. So, uh, wow. Um, Great things happen, right? And it just... And again, you know, I just think it makes sense. I mean, you know, and I think the feeling is mutual with Frank Conan and the Sox and the players, certainly. I mean, you know, he chose to go walk into that locker room. He certainly didn't feel uncomfortable walking into that into that clubhouse and seeing seeing the old guys. And the old guys didn't seem very uh, very upset or uncomfortable about him being there. So, you know, I, I think there's I think there's still some common ground. There's still that respect. There's still that admiration. There's still that that feeling they have for one another, and you know. And I think you know the events, the, the way the last year played out. You know, maybe it's just a little bit of a 
you know, obviously there were, there were problems there last year. We can't deny that. But again, you know, the guy did win two World Series there. He didn't become a, he didn't become a dummy overnight. So, uh, and again, I, I just think there's, there's presence. There have been times where your managers have come back to manage the same team. It, it hasn't been just the Bronx Sioux Yankees. It's happened elsewhere, too. So, why not? Why not? Oh, you're totally right, Barry. Str- stranger things have happened, to put it mildly. And, uh, again, I find it uh, fascinating. Uh, so I'm glad you suggested it. And, again... Nothing would surprise me where this team is concerned, and crazier things have happened, uh, to put it mildly. Um, Barry, I want to thank you for joining us. Hard to believe we've come to the end of another show. Uh, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is the Little League World Series, which is on for the next week. I grew up down near Williamsport, Pennsylvania. I always enjoy it. There's always, always uh, some compelling theater somewhere along the line associated excuse me associated with it and uh the other thing that i'm mildly interested in is watching just the beginning of the indianapolis at pittsburgh preseason game on sunday night i want to see andrew luck after his very successful debut going up against uh steelers defense for at least a few plays um for as long as the starters are in there uh, and Luck's in there. So I think as preseason games go, this one this one's worth uh, tuning into for a quarter or so. Well, Barry, once again, thank you for joining us. So you were great today and love the Terry Francona idea. Thanks, John. We'll, we'll, let's, see, we'll see if we can move that forward. Yes, we'll, 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 we'll advance that. Uh, it, it started here. It originated here. So once again, Voice America, thank you for listening as always to all around sports and we look forward to doing it all again next friday at 1 p.m eastern time thanks again for tuning in to all around sports with your host john inglesby be sure to tune in again next friday at 10 a.m pacific time 1 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel have a terrific weekend and we'll talk sports again next week Thank you.